Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. This is a massacre within a massacre. Gaza's courageous journalists have been wiped out by Israeli weapons, often with their entire families. Now, without them, the world would be completely blind about the fates of Gaza. They're risking their lives, many paying the ultimate price to bring the truth. 56 Palestinian journalists have now been killed in Gaza in two months. And to put that in perspective, in the whole of last year, around the whole world, a total of 68 journalists and media workers were killed. But where's the outrage? Where's the solidarity? Where are the prominent journalists and media workers denouncing this hideous attack on their colleagues? Like Mohammed Muin Ayer, journalist and freelance photographer killed with 20 members of his family when an airstrike demolished his home. Ala Taha al Hassanat killed alongside her family. Mohammed Abu Hasira, a news agency reporter, killed alongside 42 members of his family three weeks ago. The least we can do with so many Palestinian journalists being killed often alongside their families as they try to bring the truth about Gaza to the world is to speak out. So I've interviewed Sharif Mansour, Middle East and North Africa program coordinator of the Committee to Protect Journalists and began by asking him to put the killing of journalists in Gaza in perspective. So we're already at 63 journalists killed, the absolute majority, 90% of them are Palestinian journalists, 56, and four Israeli journalists and three Lebanese journalists. This is unprecedented compared just to last year, we counted 68 journalists killed over the course of 2022, only 42 of them were confirmed before their work. We haven't seen anything like this in 30 years. This is the most dangerous assignment we have seen to be a journalist in Gaza right now. Um, the majority are local Palestinian journalists who have been killed in Gaza because they had no safe haven or exit from day one. Uh, the first few were killed near the only entry and exit points into Gaza near Rafah crossing and near Erez crossing. And since then, they've been killed everywhere in between, including in the south, where they were told they were going to be safe. Um, of course, there were, there were cases of concerns, including the one we recently saw strong evidence provided by news organizations and human rights groups in Lebanon confirming that the Israeli army tank was behind the killing of a Reuters correspondent, Islam Abdullah, in Lebanon and injuring six other international journalists. But a lot of other cases in Gaza that we're watching was concerned include journalists who have been uh, threatened, harassed, have their family killed, uh, their employer threatened or bombed or having their office destroyed. And we we'll see a pattern here, a deadly pattern, that we already documented before the world have started. Um, in May, we issued a special report on the first anniversary of uh, Shirin Abakla's killing, and we called it deadly pattern, in which we counted 20 journalists killed by IDF fire over 21 years. 
three of those uh, journalists were classified as murder, include Shireen Abu Akla last year, but also uh, Yasser Murtaja Mahmoud Abu Hussein in Gaza five years ago. Of those 20 before the war, also 90%, 18 were local Palestinian journalists. And of the 20, 13, we said that they had press insignia and that the Israeli government did not respect their press insignia. And we see that pattern continue this time with 90% of journalists killed Palestinian and also no respect of press insignia. There are other cases where we also um, have seen more than just casualties, uh, outright censorship by the Israeli government in the West Bank and in Israel. Uh, so far, to, according to our count, uh, at least 19 journalists, Palestinian journalists in the West Bank have been arrested, put in military prosecutions uh, under administrative detention. And even those who have been released were put under house arrests in conditions that does not allow them to operate. Mm -hmm. We've also expressed concern about uh, Israel's recent uh, emergency legislation that allowed the government for the first time to stop broadcasting of foreign news media. And they've already used it against local Palestinian radio and media outlets in the West Bank. They have used it against Al Mayadeen uh, TV channel, Hezbollah affiliate in Lebanon, who also had two of their journalists killed by IDF fire. And now it's even um, Israeli journalists who can be prosecuted under this emergency law and be put in jail for up to a year under vague and suspicious accusations of harming national morale and national security. Put all together, these are all constituting news blackout, if you add to it the communication blackout that we saw happening in Gaza at least four times because of bombardment to communication facilities and shortage of fuel needed for them to operate. Um, in terms of Israel itself and its position, at the end of October, it told several news organisations that it couldn't guarantee the safety of journalists. What's the view of the Committee to Protect Journalists in terms of when Israel made that claim? So this is why we see that this uh, war, we see the deadly pattern become more deadly. We've documented 20 journalists before this war killed by IDF fire over 21 years. We have seen 63 killed in as many days. So from one journalist per year to about one journalist per day. And the time we released our special report, we saw one good sign, the Israeli army spokesperson uh, apologizing for the killing of Shireen Abu Akla and saying commitments like Israel is a democracy and we should respect the right of journalists to do their job even, he even said, especially in time of war. But we have seen the opposite of those commitments. The Israeli army is not allowing international journalists access into Gaza and have already told the international news outlets, some who have lost people in Lebanon, like Reuters and HP, who are also journalists injured in Lebanon, that they cannot guarantee the safety of their journalists. The Israeli army cannot evade responsibility under international law to protect journalists. Their exercise of lethal force has to be warranted and has to be this 
proportion. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And if there were cases where they did not take these responsibilities or exercise this kind of use, these would constitute possible war crimes. Just before I ask, just finally about that as well, uh, further, Alex Crawford from Sky News, who is a the special correspondent, uh, who's covered many wars, for example, in Libya, and she tweeted, it's absolutely farcical to try to peddle the view that foreign journalists are not entering Gaza because it is dangerous. International journalists have been deliberately blocked from entering Gaza by primarily Israel, who doesn't want them seeing the war crimes aided and abetted by Egypt as well, and makes it clear every single Gazan journalist is being hounded and hunted, struggling to stay alive, clean themselves, while seeing family, friends and colleagues killed, lose their homes, or suffer terrible deprivation, and notes that embeds, those embedding themselves with the Israel Defense Force, do not count, in her opinion. yeah, I mean, this is the point. I mean, what do you say about this in terms of how Israel's particularly is blocking foreign journalists from being able to to enter Gaza and report what's going on? Well, we have seen a dwindling number of international journalists and international media having facilities in Gaza over the years. Uh, Gaza was always uh, dangerous for journalists. We said 13 out of the 20 journalists who've killed before this war were killed in Gaza. But also in every past Gaza war, uh, media facilities uh, were bombed, journalists were killed. And we just two years ago, we saw the Associated Press building and Al Jazeera Tower, including 18 local Palestinian outlets being bombed by Israeli uh, army strike. Of course, no one was held accountable to, no one was held accountable in the past 20 journalists being killed, which made the level of danger for this international organization uh, a high risk. This is why many of them rely on local freelancers and stringers who are Palestinians. And this is why Palestinians have uh, basically bore the brunt of the casualties so far. They were they didn't choose to be there. They were on the front lines. Many of them had to flee with their families and risk their not just their lives, the lives of their loved ones after losing the media facilities and homes. And some of them even been killed with their families. So we're counting all of these threats. The reason why there is an exponential risk, particularly to journalists in Gaza, but the rest of the occupied territories and in Israel, we're also seeing unprecedented censorship combined with both 
we see very alarming, the most risky environment and the most deadly we've ever seen over 30 years. Just my final question. I mean, you've already touched on this, um, but we know, for example, Human Rights Watch have said that the strikes and journalists in Lebanon, in which journalists were killed by Israeli strikes, were apparently deliberate. So we're talking about the deliberate targeting, targeting of journalists. You've already spoken about in the past, for example, Shireen Abu Akleh, the Palestinian-American Al Jazeera journalist who was shot in the head by Israel, which denied involvement. And later it was found by investigations that she was deliberately targeted. And there are many other examples. You said 20 and 20 years or so. Um, I mean, to what extent do you think journalists are actually being specifically and deliberately targeted by Israeli forces, as well as the fact many, given the level of bombardment, everyone in Gaza is at risk, frankly, of, of a violent death, along with their families, and we're seeing that obviously in many cases. But do you think there is, does the Committee to Protect Journalists think there is deliberate targeting of specific journalists, including with their families in Gaza? We're investigating all of the cases, all the 63 cases, and there are many cases in which we said from the beginning that we wanted independent uh, investigation, not just an Israeli investigation. And some uh, we supported uh, and continue to support the International Criminal Court to look into uh, because they constitute unwarranted uh, and the disproportionate use of lethal force. That includes the case of Assam Abdullah, for example. But there are other cases in Gaza, including someone who worked with CPJ in the past on this report, Deadly Pattern, uh, Bilal Jadallah, uh, who is the press advocate who offered the press house as a refuge for journalists in this war to uh, do their work to have internet and electricity and provided them with protective and uh, equipments and he was killed with an Israeli shilling to his car. Uh, there are of course other examples of show there are uh, past threats that justify the journalists were killed and those who will find this determination and the evidence as we see in very details in the case of Assam Abdullah's investigation would of course recommend to be looked at and eventually investigated. In the case of Shireen Abu Akla, we've called for the FBI to do and announce the result of their own investigation. It's been now more than a year that we learned that the investigation has started and that this could be one of the very few avenues of justice um, that we can see a journalist uh, murderer is being held accountable, but of course, other numerous independent investigations, including by news uh, organizations, by the UN committees, have concluded similarly like us in the past that in some of these cases there was uh, premeditated and targeted attacks. Sharif, really appreciate you talking to us about this horror amongst so many of the different horrors, of course, but this is a particular horror that needs to be focused upon. Those journalists on the ground in Gaza are the only ones who can actually, at the moment, provide a light on actually what's happening and they're risking their lives, and many of them are paying with their lives to make sure the world knows exactly what is happening in Gaza. Uh, the Committee to Protect Journalists do crucial work, so I hope everyone goes and supports them. Please like and subscribe and do share this video to get this message across, but Sharif, really, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ryan. Thank you. And thank you, audience. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? 
Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.